you should have no fear of failure. You should have fear of not trying. Hello, this is Sue Freck, and I'm your host of the Happy Marketer Connection podcast brought to you by Vesta. Each week, along with my guests, other fellow passionate marketers, we explore engaging and inventive marketing strategies and toast brands making impactful consumer connections. Please kick back, relax, and join our happy half hour of marketing inspiration and positivity and come away a happier and smarter marketer. This week's theme is friendly. And what better theme for, of course, the Happy Marketer Connection. Today, you will hear from Craig Dubitsky. He is a very, very successful entrepreneur, an eternal optimist like myself, a brilliant creative, and honestly, the friendliest guy I know. Craig is the founder and chief creative officer of Hello Products. He was also involved in the success of Method, EOS, and Popcorn Indiana, and many other companies due to his creative design, innovative thinking, and of course, thoughtful execution. I've had the pleasure of watching Craig build and grow his company, Hello Products, over the past few years from a big idea to a very big business. Today, we're going to talk about how the acquisition of his company to Colgate is not a sale, but a partnership. And how although he does not have to work, he actually loves what he does. And his passion and creativity is really driven by his curiosity and the question of why can't we do better? He's one of my favorite people. And today he is now one of my favorite guests. Welcome to the friendliest episode on the Happy Marketer Connection. Welcome, Craig. So I am really excited. Thank you. And welcome back to another episode of the Happy Marketer Connection. Craig Dubitsky, one of my favorite people and the Happy Marketer Connection. Craig, I don't know anyone happier than you. I love that our theme is friendly. So welcome today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm fired up. Fired up to be here. Excellent. Excellent. So you are one of the friendliest people I know. I mean, you are well-networked, well-respected. People love being around you. Talk about friendly. Aww. <laughs> That's very kind. Friendly is kind of uh, like to say it's an important thing to me is kind of an understatement. Friendly doesn't just mean like jovial, affable, approachable. That's all good stuff. But uh, I think it means being thoughtful, you know, being certainly approachable, affable, you know, nice, kind, all that stuff. But really, it's about being friendly. So and about being thoughtful. So if someone just says hello to you, that's great. But if they say, hello, how are you doing? And they really mean it. And they look you in the eye and they really want to know how you're doing. That's very different than just a salutation. So it's sort of like being able to look at somebody and say, I'm really glad to be here. I really am. And meet me. And people can tell if you mean it or you don't. So yeah, friendly is, uh, has worked for me, uh, you know, like unknowingly, it wasn't a plan or anything. It just kind of seemed like the way I wished everybody was. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and you built a company around can't it. Can't change other people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That, that was the big idea. I, I always used to tell people we're not in the oral care business, we're in the friendly business. And I think that's still kind of the, the big idea. Um, and friendly, you know, to me means, uh, like I said, thoughtful, but in terms of building a company around it, it meant trying to create products that were thoughtful too. And friendly meant friendly on your eyes and friendly on your wallet um, meant and still means, you know, friendly on, uh, you know, on, on the planet, right? Like, like things don't have to suck. Right. So <laughs> what that. if we could make things that were again, like beautiful, affordable, approachable, thoughtful, you know, all the things that I, I just talked about when trying to describe friendly and apply those to a, to a company and to a product. So not just the product, but to the company. So people, 
that we're lucky enough to work with, that I'm lucky enough to work with, and that I think all of us feel like we're lucky enough to work with, is because we we are those things. We are thoughtful and approachable and try to be kind. And uh, and I think that comes through in the products because yeah. that's what we're like as, as a cohesive group of people. So it hopefully comes through. 100%. And I absolutely love working with you. So let's talk about your company. We're going to start at the end and then go back to the beginning. You've had a very successful sure. transaction. You have just uh, sold your company to Colgate Palmolive. So that's the end. And, and let's go back to the beginning. Why oral sure. care? <laughs> you know, where, where was this idea? And then we'll get to the end. Um, why oral sure. care? Well, the idea... Yeah, the idea came to me. Uh, so, so let me back up even yeah. further. You know, I yeah. really, really love design. I've always loved design, and uh, and I love storytelling. And I think that people, I never, ever, ever use the word consumer except for when I tell people why I never use it. Uh, I never use it because we're people. We just happen to consume things. So I hate the idea of these labels. You know, like you're a consumer, and the consumer says this, and it's people, people, people. So I find that people write their narratives through their things and through experiences and it's just what we do and we share and i think social media is interesting because now people have new ways to share these things but it's what we've always done as, as humans not as consumers as, as humans and uh, i happen to have this crazy experience thinking with like my design mind for a second in a large like chain drug pharmacy chain that you know i won't mention because i don't want anyone to be upset with me um but i just happened to be in this one particular store that was near my my old office when i had an office in manhattan and i went into the store and i'm hyper visual and i just happened to see out of the corner of my eye the oral care set i didn't have some big plan like i want to reinvent oral care i think it's all wrong i just happened to be in the store for some other reason and i walked by this oral care set and one of the main brands, I think, had at the time a new launch, and I noticed their packaging because it had a hologram on it, and it actually had this weird sort of indentation in the, in like a, a crease, you know, of uh, like a corner of the box, which almost to me looked like it had been crushed, but it turns out it was a design decision to like make this little element of the box have a sort of weird shape to it. But anyway, what really got my eye was this shiny extracted tooth. And I thought, wow, like this is their redo. Like they rebranded this product in <laughs> this big shiny 3D hologram extracted tooth. I thought that's the most effed up thing I've ever seen. Like it just <laughs> stopped me. Like what the, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I looked at it and you know, I, I was marveling at this thing and not necessarily in a good way. And then I looked over the competition and like basically they all teeth on them somewhere on the box like many of the products that extracted teeth and i had this sort of epiphany like like right there and then looking at these three major brands there was a red brand and a blue brand and those were like the two biggies and there was this you know white colored brand in the in the middle and i thought you know red white and blue like you know go america and everything but i was really thinking it's like the cola wars like there's big red and big blue and they fight each other it's coke and pepsi yeah and it seemed to be the same kind of thing in oral care it was like there was you know the big red brand versus the big blue brand and literally i saw all these extracted teeth and i saw all these claims on the front like one brand was killing everything the other brand was fighting everything it was all like kill and fight and eliminate and destroy and extracted teeth and i kind of thought isn't the last thing i ever want to see an extracted tooth like why are they showing that to me it seems like the like complete antithesis of what i i, I want i don't want extracted teeth even highly stylized very beautiful three-dimensional holographic extracted teeth so i thought of the language and i thought of the positioning that 
these companies had used that basically I had used my whole life as well, right? And that everything in the category seemed to be designed uh, with great intent to scare the, yeah. like if you didn't use this stuff, you would see extracted teeth and they'd be yours and it would be really, really bad. And it'd be <laughs> painful, you know, and the dentist was gonna, you know, put the hurt on you. They're gonna drill, fill and bill you. And, you know, you have to use this stuff. Like if yeah. you don't use it, it's gonna this be big trouble for you. battle, right? it's a fight in your mouth. <laughs> totally. Everything's aggressive and masculine and warlike and, you know, militaristic <laughs> and just, you know, there to scare you, right? If you're not whitening, you're frightening. So you better get busy. You know, and the, like I said, the dentist is going to like, you're already late for your dentist appointment anyway, right? So it's like, you're going to go and it's going to be this horrible experience <laughs> and, and you better use this product because it's the only thing that's going to help you out. So all this kind of hit me really quickly, like honestly, a lot quicker than I'm describing it to you. It was very yeah. visceral. And I thought, God, this is the most like aggressive, scary, fear-based category I've ever seen. And like, it's so effing unfriendly. So I thought like, what's the friendliest word I could think of? And it was hello. And I, I love names and naming. I've, uh, and I jokingly say it's because I have such a crap name, like Craig Dubitsky, like what, what kind of name <laughs> is that? But um, I, I mean, I love my parents, but you know, Craig Dubitsky is not exactly a, a fabulous <laughs> name. So anyway, um, I've been obsessed with names and naming. I've been involved with this amazing naming agency for a long time about maybe nine years now and uh called lexicon they named everything from swiffer to febreze to blackberry and pentium and macbook and sonos and impossible foods and it's an amazing company and i've been the chairman of their advisory board for like nine years or something and you know literally like the word hello seemed to strike this really important chord for me and for me personally because i like to think i'm you know thoughtful and and accessible and then some. And it just seemed to make sense. Like there's nothing in the category that seemed very human and there was nothing with any warmth to it. And I thought, well, what if the brand were called Hello? Like, wouldn't that be, you know, really different and really kind of cool. And yeah. the last thing I want to do is kill or fight with anybody, right? And all these products are talking about killing and fighting and stuff. I just want to be able to say hello. So I trademarked the word hello all over the world in a whole bunch of different different categories. And my wife, I'm very, very, very lucky. And I married up and I hope everyone out there who has a partner feels like they're with somebody who makes them a much better person. Uh, and I totally married up. And uh, my wife and I have, you know, we don't have any secrets. It, it, she's a PhD in clinical psychology. Even if I tried to have a secret, it would, she knows you. <laughs> it really wouldn't happen. Oh man, it's never going to happen. So, so we get the mail and she looks at this bill, I get this bill from the trademark attorneys <laughs> and she looks at the postage on the bill. And, you know, I mean, she, she's assuming it's a bill because that's usually what I would get in the mail from, from these uh, different <laughs> lawyers. And uh, she was like, it's $4.83 to send this bill. This is going to be really bad. <laughs> and we open it up and I'm like, honey, look, we own the word mark, not the, tr not just like, you know, an icon or anything, the word, like we own the word. Yeah. It could be caps, lowercase, italicized, bold, yeah, underlined, yeah. doesn't matter. We own the word mark hello in, you know, in like Asia. And yeah. she's like, that's really awesome. Like next time I go food shopping, you know, at the cashier, I'm going to say, oh, you know, give us our groceries. We own the trademark for, <laughs> you know, hello in, in Asia. It's really great. Like, oh my God, because it was, you know, it, didn't, it hurt a little bit <laughs> financially. But, you know, it's, um, 
it was, I think it was clearly the best investment I I've smart. ever made, frankly. Yeah, smart. Um, yeah, I was very fortunate. So yeah, that's, uh, so that's how Hello got started. And then I liberated a few people from a very large CPG company that I met along the way. And I said, you know, we're going to make the coolest, most beautifully designed daily use products that people are going to fall in love with that are going to elevate the everyday. Do you want to come with me or do you want to like be a very small cog and a very big machine yeah. uh, someplace else putting, you know, blah in plastic? Yeah. Like, let's go. It can't be difficult getting people yeah. to follow you, Craig. I mean, look at your track record experience. And even now, people will people will, well, will follow you anywhere. I mean, you well, you're you're just... very kind. You're very kind. I told them that my hope was that and actually I, I said my job was to make the only part of their decision, the only difficult part would be to stay where they were. Like I wanted them, like the only thing that they should be scared of is not joining Hello. They should have no fear of joining Hello. They should only have fear of not joining. Hello. Yeah. And it worked out, you know, and these, yeah. these same handful of people, you know, yeah, they're still with you. They're still with us. And, and we're able and, to um, enjoy in this success. So talk about that fear. You know, you launched this brand and now you have these retailers that for so many years looked at startups and said, well, we might give you the bottom left corner underneath where no one can see you. You know, what, was there a shift? Sure. In them taking a risk, but they know you. Of yeah, course, I think a but lot. Still. Well, no, even even so, um, you know, it's always a risk because when you're a retailer, as soon as you take one thing out and replace it with something else, you're taking a known quantity and you're replacing it with something that's completely unknown, right? So there's a big risk, and for most retailers, they would sort of want someone else to take that risk first. They were they were very nervous. New was like to them a little bit of a scary word, even though I I have said this many times. I think new is the single most powerful word in the the retail lexicon. Like if you're a retailer, like other than sale or free, new is right up there. So it used to be that if you were at a you know a food, drug, or mass retailer and you were a buyer, you had a lot of trepidation about taking anything that was unknown. And I think over time. And certainly D2C has been a, a major help with this. I think the fear sort of shifted that there was more fear in not taking something new than in taking something new. And that was a pretty significant, I'd say a seismic shift in the way a lot of buying was, was occurring. And I think it's really because there was this FOMO, you know, this fear of missing out, like, oh yeah. crap, you know, yeah. someone's going to go buy this thing online and I don't have it in my store. Like people want this. I need to have what people want. And I think that that uh, way of thinking has really helped a lot of you know newer newer companies and newer brands. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a fundamental shift I think in the way retailers are are thinking. Because the, the truth of it is, we use terms like omni-channel and direct to consumer, and yeah, you know, we like to label things. It's another part of the human condition, right? We like to yes. tell stories, but we also like to label things because sometimes it's a it's a shorthand for telling a story for people. And I honestly think that right now we're focused on the way or we seem to be focused on the way and, and and venture and private equity as well seem to be focused on the way we receive things right but i have maintained for a long time nobody gives a shit how they got it they care yeah. about the thing that they got i don't care if a carrier pigeon brought it to me an uber driver brought it to me or a lyft driver a bird scooter user delivered it to me a drone brought it to me like i like that's all great right like it, you know the, the compression of time from when you wanted something to when it gets delivered, yeah. that's that's great. And I guess there's certainly business models around that. But over time, nobody really is going to care what they what they've always cared about. And I still think what they do care about is what's the thing I got. 
like how it got to me. Like I said, I don't care if it's UPS, USPS, FedEx, DHL, all those other potential modes of transport that I mentioned. I care about the thing I got and whether I chose it or for myself or if someone chose it for me, I still care about what the thing is because that thing is representative of a lot of other things, values, ideals, utility. So yeah, I, I, I feel like sometimes people focus on, I don't want to say the wrong thing because that sounds yeah. a, little, a little judgmental, but um, people have done very well starting lots of businesses and funding lots of businesses, investing lots of businesses that think about that stuff. But I still think fundamentally at the end of the day, it's it's not about, oh, it's an omni-channel solution. It's a D2C solution. It's a B2B solution. It's like, what's the solution? Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> put it, the, and put it in my hands. Right, right. Not how it got there. It was just so interesting. So it wasn't all... Once you get it, you got yeah, it, right? You once got you it. have the thing in your hand, you have the thing in your hand, you're not going to say, wow, I love the way it was brought to me. Like, <laughs> maybe you think that for a second, but then you, you have the thing. You're left with this thing, whether it's food you're eating, and it's right. going to you know be a... A thirty-minute situation, or it's a you know a refrigerator that you're going to have for a long time. Like it doesn't matter if it's a durable, consumable. Like the way it got to you, you get over that pretty fast. Right, right, right. That's so interesting way of thinking about it. So it's not all roses. You know, you you launch this company. This does no. is not an overnight. It, it, it's so funny because that, that would be no. Right, because in the articles, you know, and, and the press, it's this overnight success, you know, it always, it always, is, oh, yeah. but it, are there people that helped you? Like, is there someone that friendly, oh, is God, there yeah. someone, is it the relationships? Is there someone that, that believed in you or is there someone that tried to get in your way and you're like, F it, like, no, this is happening. Oh, many people yeah. <laughs> on both sides of that, you know, try to help and, yeah. and didn't help. There were, there were definitely, um, obviously more people helping than, than not helping because, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're around and we're thriving, you know, hello is yeah. the, I think at this point, we're the fastest growing oral care brand uh, in the U.S., which is pretty unbelievable. So obviously, you know, the team, I can't say enough good things about the team. A big part of my my role, my job, I hate to think of it like a job, um, right. has been and, and remains really to, to magnetize the company so that the yeah. coolest, smartest, best people can come and do the coolest, smartest, best work. That's that's a big part of the magic. It's, it's not just about because we understand supply chain and logistics and finance and formulation and marketing, branding, all that stuff. It's great. It's all about the, the people that are behind those functions. And if we don't uh, set up the company in a way where those people can really thrive and do awesome things, then, you know, then it's a job for people. And then who wants a job? You can go do a lot of things like this is, again, it's yeah. about like joining and feeling emotionally connected. So yeah. I got to make sure I, I, I don't skirt your questions. Like there were a lot of people who try to get in the way. Absolutely. But I've been very fortunate because, you know, I'm old. I'm O-L-D-E. So I've been through a few CPG startups and, yeah. <laughs> uh, and luckily knock on knock on wood, you know, they, they've done OK. So I was very fortunate because I think in many cases I, I sort of got. I don't want to say the benefit of the doubt because doubt is involved. And, and I don't know that I had doubt. I, I, I had people that were more supportive and curious than they were doubtful. Yeah. So I was very fortunate about that. Having had, again, like these other companies I'd had a history with, you know, Method and yeah. EOS and Popcorn Indiana, and, you know, helped launch Boots in the US and Target and at Ulta. Um, so I had some interesting things around CPG in my background that were certainly helpful, but um, obviously more people helping than, than not. And the greatest help was obviously from the people on our team that, yeah. that trusted that we were going to do something really great and that we would sort of have a structure that would let them shine. 
Yeah. And it worked out really, you know, it worked out really well and continues to work yeah, out. And continues, you know, right. like, uh, so, but let's yeah, talk about that. You probably don't sure. need to work. You don't have, so it's not a job, but you're passionate about what um, you do and love what you do. You've been given this opportunity yeah. at Colgate Palmolive to be the chief innovation officer. I mean, how exciting is that? Like innovation yeah, pretty, should be your name, crazy. right? Not Craig, right? So talk well, about, share with us. What um, is that like? <laughs> yeah, I feel very, very fortunate. Uh, I honestly didn't know up until a little bit before we were closing on this transaction with with Colgate that I would have any. I mean, you know, you, you never really know what's going to happen. And typically, at least in my experience, what happens is you have a non compete and a non uh, non solicitation, and you know, there's 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 terms in a in a typical contract, right? An employment agreement. And so. What I've usually heard about or or known about is that uh, you know you stick around for a little while and then the big guys say you know we've got this and you yeah. know, thanks thanks very much and yeah. and off you go. Um, I didn't have any expectations e- either way. I really just wasn't sure what was going to happen and and I was shared this uh, this employment agreement and in the employment agreement it had you know normal things like you'd find in any employment agreement and it said oh by the way this is your title. You're going to be the, you know, once you're the founder of something, you're always the founder, right? right? So it's like, yep, you're going to be the friendly founder of Hello and chief creative officer of Hello. And you're going to be the chief innovation strategist for the Colgate Palmolive companies. And I was like, the Colgate Palmolive company, like chief innovation strategist, like what? Yeah. So it, it's a new role there. And I'm very fortunate. I get to work with some also incredible people. I mean, Colgate, you know, you mentioned in the beginning, like, oh yeah, and you were you know, uh, acquired by Colgate or you sold the company to Colgate. I don't actually look at it that way. Like we were, we were acquired by Colgate. It's not so much like we sold it, we were acquired, but it's really more like we partnered with Colgate, Colgate Palmolive Company. And they've made us feel very special and really, really at home. And they didn't change anything. Their whole thing was like, we want to learn from you and anything we have, it's yours, you know, whatever you need that we have, it's yours, but we don't want to change your, HR policies. We don't want to change your, anything you have in place. Like, you know, that's amazing. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So everybody stayed, our offices stayed, like everything stayed. Like we have some really fun stuff in our, you know, I, I don't even use the word employee. Like we have a, a team member, you know, sort of like handbook. It's like a user guide to hello. And we have some really fun things in there because like, why not? Right. right. So we, in my house, we, we foster animals like crazy. We've had over 40 Right now, cats. Uh, we, we just got the last four uh, adopted last night, actually. We've got kittens, <laughs> poor kittens. But we've had lots of animals, and we're a cruelty-free company. And I thought it was really important because my my wife and my daughter are like major foster people. So like I said, we have lots and lots of animals through our house. That are so, Many are born here, and then we raise them, and then we, we send them out uh, to lovely families. So if anyone needs a cat, let me know. A kitten, let me know. We're, we're getting a dog soon. We, we have a dog, and uh, I hope we're fostering dogs at some point. But Anyway, we have things in our, you know, quote unquote company policy. If you want to foster a pet, we'll pay for all sorts of food and stuff for the for the Amazing. animals. If you if you adopt that pet, we have like we'll pay for the vet bills and you know all sorts Amazing. of stuff. So um, yeah, we have all sorts of things like that, and I don't think that's pretty typical for a large company. They they do all sorts of other amazing things. I don't I'm not familiar with all the ins and outs of of Colgate's. Uh, employee, you know, benefits. So I shouldn't comment about that. But I do know we were doing some things, you know, if you ride your bike to work, we had tune up, you know, allowance. Um, everybody can buy a new pair of running shoes or walking shoes 
every year we pay for that. Just all sorts of, you know, fun little things. Yeah. If you want to bake cookies for the for the office, there's a baking fund. Like there's just all sorts <laughs> of things. Love it. So Colgate was like, we don't want to change anything. Like just keep doing what you do. And it's been fantastic. So so I have this this role that lets me sort of um, certainly spend a lot of time on hello, but spend a lot of time on various uh, Colgate initiatives. And the thing so far that I'm the most, I don't want to say proud because, you know, pride is like kind of a yucky word, I think. Um, yeah. You know, it's like a, a sin, as they say. Um, but something that I was really excited to be a part of was right when I had started Colgate, you know, COVID started to kick into high gear and it wasn't quite in the U.S. just yet. And, and Colgate, you know, is is truly, it's it's probably one of the first U.S. multinational companies. Colgate operates in over 200 countries. I don't know That's the amazing. final counts, but it's yeah. over 200, which is just incredible. And the other thing I learned, and they're a very humble, very quiet company, uh, which is also really just an incredible sort of way to, like their their behavior is just incredible. They're so professional and so kind. And people people join Colgate as an organization. They stay there forever. Like people yeah. build entire careers and spend their whole life at Colgate. So anyway, they they have this unique position in the world because they're operating out of so many countries and they make really, truly essential products. So COVID starts to really kick in. And I had sent a note to someone very, very senior in the company. And I'm very new and and you know, I have this title and I'm in this office and I'm like a fish out of water you know it's like I don't know how to shave I don't know how to wear socks half the time tucking a shirt is like you know I never wear wool I mean I'm just you know, pretty casual and I sent this note and I basically said like aren't we the largest manufacturer of liquid hand soap in the world it doesn't soap help stop prevent of any virus and is this really important and aren't there some things we could do and I like sort of gingerly put out some some thoughts and next thing you know I get this email back and it's like, hey, great idea, great thinking. And um, I wasn't the only person who had this idea. I don't want to sound like I was the only one, mm. but I think I was one of a handful of people. And next thing you know, I'm in this session with a like basically a whole bunch of those senior people in the company. And we made this really amazing product, which this is, is amazing. You have to describe it, it for the listeners. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah, um so... it's a hand soap. And it's, you know, a basic bar of hand soap, but it's, it's a beautiful pack. It's beautiful. very simple. Yeah. And it says hashtag safe hands. And basically the, and it's, it's got iconography, um, not all over, cause that would be a little visually obnoxious, but it has very simple iconography on the back. Cause the idea was this has to work for, Ooh. for, you know, people regardless, exactly locally, regardless of what their, their native uh, language may be. So it's hand soap and we, we, distributed it in partnership with the World Health Organization. And we gave away 25 million bars of soap. Incredible. And $20 million worth of cleaning products because Colgate makes all sorts of other, you know, they, they make well, a lot more than toothpaste. And we gave away $20 million worth of cleaning products and another, I think $5 million worth, worth of capital, uh, all for frontline workers, first responders, and started making this product in six different countries and distributing it, you know, all over the world. And it's been amazing. The thing is, we did this with a handful of people in like, you know, a, a matter of days. And, That's incredible. you know, For all things considered, not like two right. or three days, but like two. Yeah. yeah, it was it was really amazing. And 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 stamped into each bar is another little message. I just wanted them to say thanks. So some yeah. say thanks, some say 20 seconds, some say, you know, we got this. Like they, they have all different yeah. messages stamped yeah. into the uh, into each bar. 
and they're very, you know, it's, it's, it's simple and immediate and you get it. And, uh, and most importantly, people who needed it, got it. That's the yeah. idea. Yeah. And again, Colgate being Colgate, this wasn't like, let's just do it and like make a big stink about it. It's just very quiet. They just, it's like really an amazing company. And it's just about being a caring, thoughtful, considered and considerate company trying to help people live better. It's beautiful. So um, I'm really, really fired up that I'm, yeah. I'm part of a company that can think that way and can move that quickly. I can move. I was just let's hello, say, yeah. move And it lets hello be hello and appreciates that. Like they yeah. really, like they, they love creativity and thinking. They want to hear from people. It's not like, nah, no, there's no non-invented here disease. Yeah. No one's uh, dismissive, just the opposite. They're really in the most lovely, lovely so way. So refreshing. Uh, yeah. Solicitous of, of good ideas and good thinking. And it's, it's, I'm the luckiest I like to say I'm I'm lucky is an understatement. Like yeah, I'm yeah. I'm really just so happy. It's great. So yeah, so people say, like, why are you doing this? Yeah. You know, oh, your company got acquired. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is the greatest thing ever. I'm now, you know, I have this incredible role. I get to touch so many different things inside of this amazing company. Yeah. And they operate in over 200 countries around the world. Yeah. So for a guy who thought, you know, we can make the world a little bit more friendly to be with the company that's the single most penetrated brand on the planet, that's uh -huh. the other thing. Over 60% of every household in the world has Colgate in it. That's like the next nearest too. brand is at 40%. Incredible. It's amazing. So I'm yeah. like, holy crap, this is yeah, awesome. Like, like the people are great. The culture's cool. They want to change the world. Like they're doing yeah. good things. And they're like, let's go have at it. I'm like, let's go. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the biggest fear, right? You, you partner or get acquired and partner with the company and they don't move at the speed or the ideas get swept under the rug. Interested in building a home for your audience? Our Vesta solution powers online communities, giving your consumers a home for a world of engagement and connections. To learn more, visit us at vesta-go.com. So let's talk about your creativity, because that is one of the things I love, love, love. How do you continue? I mean, is it just never end? It's like a faucet that's just never ending. I mean, what is inspiring yeah, you? you What's know <laughs> Thank you for saying that. One of my one of my oldest friends, and by the way, I want to talk about this for a second too, because you mentioned this. It's not all like this linear straight shot into into you know great stuff. You know, there are peaks, and every entrepreneur knows there are peaks, yes. and man, there are some really <laughs> nasty ass long, dark, dim valleys. Yeah, no that idea what you're talking about, Craig. Part. No idea. <laughs> so, exactly. So so it's you know, so attitude is really important, right? Like staying positive. Yeah. And my my wife my clinical psychologist wife told me many years ago, she's like, you're hypomanic. I said, that sounds horrible. Like, is there a pill for that? Is there a cure for that? Like, am I in trouble? Is there a telethon somewhere, you know, that's happening? Like, do I, do, do, do I you lock to, me like, up? You know, man the phone bank? Yeah. yeah. I got a man, the phone bank at the, at the, you know, telethon for hypomania. And she's like, no, no, no. She's like, it's, um, like, it's like, you've never had a bad day in your life. And I've had plenty of bad things happen. Believe me, like everyone faces loss, you know, personal loss, you know, family members, uh, there's yeah. health related. Things. I mean, just no one goes through unscathed right but she's like you've never really had a bad day in your life even when bad things have happened i've had some you know pretty terrible things happen as does you know everyone who's you know walking around on on the planet but yeah i'm generally very very positive and i see opportunity everywhere it's it's been my lifelong curse slash good fortune i see things and they bother me and i think for most entrepreneurs that's kind of the idea they see something and they're like why is it like that right what if it were like this? Or why does it have to be this way? It's not 
to be like a needling, obnoxious questioner of everything. It's not to be contrarian about everything. It's just something has to spark and move you to be like, whoa, this is really like a miss. And there's all the trite stuff, you know, Apple ads, you know, the crazy ones, the ones who think they can change the world or, you know, the ones who usually do all that kind of stuff. It, it, as trite as it may sound, it's really true. Like for someone to think, hey, I have an idea. I'm going to start a car company and it's going to be like, we're not going to use any fossil fuels whatsoever. We're only going to use, you know, like electric, you know, we're, we're going to have fuel cells that are, that are electric battery powered and it's going to be amazing. And like, who would think, right? That oh, you're out of your mind. Like you can't do that. There's gas stations everywhere. People like combustion engines and they're just fine. And, you know, we're going to change the rules so that there's more miles per gallon that are going to be squeaked out of these engines. It's going to be great. You know, all the infrastructure's there already. Just, you know, be quiet and let's just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Nothing to look at, you know, move, move, move along. And yet, you know, there's an Elon Musk and, yeah. you know, and there are so many instances of this, right? Hey, we're staying on our friend's couch. What if we could rent out our friend's couches all over the place? You know, huh, that's Airbnb. Hey, wait a minute. Everyone seems to have a phone and has GPS in it. And people trust like the interwebs enough to put their credit card online. Wait, what if I could use my phone to pinpoint where I am, um, say where I want to go. Someone else is in the network. They have a car. They come and pick me up and take me there. Like, wow. You know, I mean, it's like all the pieces are there and it takes a certain kind of mindset to put these things together and then to be fearless about it and i think like that's why i get so excited every day and and i think yes it's a type of creativity you know but it's it's about like just keeping your eyes really open and not being scared and i think for me around like creativity specifically i'm looking around my crazy desk i always have a notebook one of many and I'm always sort of sketching things. I have pictures of things like all over. But um, <laughs> anyway, I'm always I'm always drawing and writing and sketching. And the other thing I do is I keep guitars all over the place. Nice. And I keep I keep and I have like a drum pad. I have all sorts of you know I have a keyboard and the other basically to keep me very humble. I keep a guitar in particular near my near my desk because uh, I love music and there's 12 notes in a musical scale. But uh, at least for Western classical notation. But as soon as you think you've got it down and you know, and you can figure out where every note is and you yeah. know, you could define yeah. every note and stuff. As soon as you think you're good, you're, you're not good. There's <laughs> someone who, who can't read music who could blow you away. <laughs> and there's a million of them right now on, on YouTube that nice. are like shredding like nobody's business. And it's not just about, you know, speed. It's, it's just, it, it's very humbling yeah. to know that with 12 notes, you could do so much. So I always sort of keep that stuff in mind and it keeps my creative juices flowing because yeah the tighter the construct basically like, like like the most restrictive of stuff ends up getting you to to a place where you have to be the most creative you could be so you know hello is an example it's it's goop in a tube right you squeeze yeah. it out and you brush your teeth so well, what else could we do to that to make it cooler what if we change the flavor profiles what if we change the ingredients you know in a way that made them really efficacious but were were natural i mean i i can't even tell you how many, how many tubes of fluoride free toothpaste i've eaten um, just to show people. Yeah. Um, what if we made the tubes so they felt good in your hand? What if they were re- recyclable? Because most are not. What if we made a tube out of sugar cane? We have sugar cane tubes. Um, for some of our, we have some CBD product. Yeah, I mean, what if we had no water in the product? What if we had no plastic and we made these beautiful toothpaste tablets that work brilliantly? You know, just always asking questions. So yeah. I think yeah. that's, um, that's how I, I stay... I think very engaged because you realize it's it's like like the yeah. 12 notes in a musical scale yeah. it's unlimited what you could do
it's really like like it used to be if you were an entrepreneur or, or you were a would-be entrepreneur, it's like, yeah. well, I, I have this idea, but I can't raise any money. Well, guess what? Now there's Kickstarter, like there's Indiegogo, there's a million ways to right. raise capital. Well, I don't know how to get to anybody at these different companies that I need help from. Yeah, guess what? Get on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Like, just don't waste, get on Google, get on the Google, do your research, find out who's who at whatever company, and just make sure you don't waste anybody's time. Like just be very, 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 you know, really gracious in terms of how you ask for help. Most people don't even bother to ask, right? right. So right. so get your, your ducks in order, do all the research you can using all these yeah. great tools. You can now get capital. You can now get access to anybody pretty much. Yeah. I mean, as long as you don't, again, like yeah. waste anybody's time and, and you've done the work and, and you can tell somebody in a very succinct way um, why you want five minutes or, you know, whatever it might be. And you're off to the races. So yeah, yeah. I think um, it's the infinite possibility that keeps me so enthused. I love it. And, I love um, it. And the constant learner. Yeah. And yeah, you're always oh, curious. Yeah. So curious. Oh, yeah. Never stop. So, so is there a company or a product or a person or someone out there that you said, oh my gosh, they're doing it right? Or is there someone you'd love to help? You're like, oh, if I could just... Oh, I love to help people. I mean, I, I'm really serious because like, it's not that I haven't gotten help. I've gotten plenty of help over the years. And I feel like um, putting some of that good stuff back out is really, really critical. So I, I do a lot of that, especially with universities. I was just on a call just the other day with a bunch of recent you know, graduates sort of, you know, I do this all the time. I'm an yeah. entrepreneur residence at Babson. I'm on the board of uh, the Entrepreneurship Center at the University of Rochester, the Simon School of Business called the nice. Ains Center for Entrepreneurship. Lots of different, I work yeah. with lots of different students in universities. Yeah. I just yeah. do this thing at And, and let's hear some ideas. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and, it, and it's ideas for sure. And it's about just trying to be helpful and, yeah. uh, and, and certainly encouraging, yes, but, but really trying to help connect some dots, not just in terms of human dots, but ways of thinking or approaching potential problems differently. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I, I love it. And the other thing is I, I, I give my cell phone number out all the time. I've been doing that for years and people are like, you're crazy. I'm like, no, it's been the greatest thing ever. So if anyone wants to call me, they, they certainly can. It's 917-392-1000. People are like, you have a 1000 cell phone? Like, no way. How'd you get that? And I'm like, I, I was nice to the person in the AT&T store and I made some jokes. And I said, you know, look at this horrible number I got. And I basically spelled some things with, you know, how the numbers correspond to yes. letters. <laughs> I, I, I said, you know, I, how can I go through life with this number? It was, you know, and I made up some like really horrible <laughs> things that, that it ended up spelling. And I made them all laugh in the store. And uh, they're like, let's go into the computer and see what's around. They're like, how about this number? I'm like, sure. So I've had it for, I don't even know how long, but yeah, 917 uh, yeah. And there's a Skype button on the Hello website, and that's always been there since the day we launched, and it comes directly to me, so you can Skype with me. Not that anybody wants to, you know, <laughs> see me, but you know, if you did, you, you you certainly could. And I think that the 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 big secret is to keep putting positivity out there. The yeah. more um, the more sort of optimistic and uh, and approachable you can be, I think the the world generally is going to be a, a better place. So. Uh, 100%. I, I don't just say it. I really yeah. mean it. It's worked really well for yeah. me. People have been very, very kind to me. And uh, any way I can give back, I certainly try to. And um, like I said, I think it all comes through. If you're an entrepreneur, like if you have this this, this very pure intent, it's going to come through in everything you do because everything communicates. The people that are going to join you on your journey are going to feel that. They're going to feel what you're putting out there. So you got to figure out what really moves you and gets yeah. you 
and excited, drives you and, and gets uh, you excited to your point gets you excited and you asked me specifically yeah. i guess like are there some companies that blow me away or some yeah. new things that blow me away or even some old things that blow me away yeah. and um there's so many amazing you know companies out there and cultures so i'm fascinated by the way some people start they, they have an idea but it turns out being more than an idea bees sometimes it becomes a set of ideals and that drives things and there are you know all these i don't want to call them obvious but you know these these bigger new companies that have that have done some incredible things of, of which there are many right there's yeah. companies in the beauty space there's companies in grooming space there's companies in the uh, sleep space i mean mm. you know how many mattress companies have popped up um, in the past couple of years, yeah. there's tons, but mm-hmm. there's some other companies that I think that have been around for a little bit that get sort of short shrift. Like yeah. they don't get the love because they may not be the newest and they're doing some incredible things. And one that I love, that's like really a personal favorite of mine that I've never, ever shared this with anybody, but I love this company. I was talking about with my kids, Pantone. I friggin' love Pantone. I love yeah. Pantone for so many reasons. And one of the, one of the many reasons I love Pantone something extant, something that already exists in the world, color. They don't own color. Right. And yet they found a way to get their arms around color. Market it's like it. they've yeah. standardized, they've done so much more and they've been able to license their brand as well <laughs> because it's like they own color. Like, oh my God, imagine if someone just owned sound. Right. Like, oh, we own sound, it doesn't matter what it is. And you know, every company that makes headphones, you know, I'm, I'm talking to you through Apple <laughs> AirPods, right? They, they don't own sound. They might own, you know, beautiful design and yeah. Bluetooth technology, technology and, and right. you know, noise cancellation and all that stuff. But like they don't own sound. Like there are a lot of audio companies that make high-end audio and you know, they might say yeah. that they, yeah. you know, have something unique, but they don't own sound. Like Pantone owns Old color. color. Like right. holy the crap. standard of color. <laughs> like how cool is that? Like I just think that's the most brilliant thing ever. And people talk about, you know, oh, we have this amazing business model. We don't own anything. You know, we're Airbnb, we don't own anything, but we have more hotel rooms than every hotel chain combined like that's super cool right yes. that is super yeah. cool like that's yeah. a cool business model new way of thinking it's great it's it's yeah. it's fungible digital magical great but it's it's like imagine if they said you know what? no we own we own spare rooms everywhere <laughs> like we own every spare bed yeah every available bed we own it's like pantone is we have every color like, yeah, we, every color. like we can tell you what it is and if you want to get that color right like you know yeah. you have to color match it to our stuff wow and then they kept it and they kept it cool because it's like now and they're doing licensing deals for everything like from nail polish to house paint to sneakers everything in between i mean it's yeah. like supreme is another one of those models that's just oh, so, yes. <laughs> you know, like it's it's a trend you know it transcends things so i think yeah. the idea that you could create a brand that could be so magical that it could transcend categories and that people want to join it yeah versus yeah. Con, you know just buy it that's yeah. a that's pretty magical so. yeah yeah that's oh see i gotta call pantone they need a community you're so right it's so true i didn't even think about them so we're we're coming close to the end a positive story you know this is the happy marketer connection i think this has been the most positive podcast but is there a story or something along the way that's inspired you that you want to share with the the listeners today I'm sure you oh, have a lot. <laughs> I don't know how much, I have so many of these. It's like not even funny. I think like most people, a lot of the stuff starts with things that happened to you when you were very young. You know, mm. I think um, I probably, I, not probably, I, I owe so much to my parents. It's ridiculous. My my mother in particular, who had a very creative streak, but back in the day, you know, like the only career for her 
that was seemingly permissible was to be a school teacher. So she was huh. a school teacher for a long Same. time, which by the way, I think is yeah. the most noble, beautiful thing. It is. But she really wanted to be an artist, I could tell. Not an art teacher. She, like, she wanted to be an artist. And, but that wasn't a career back then as a, you know, an immigrant, you know, parent, uh, you know, her, her immigrant parents were like, this is not why we came here for you to be an artist. Anyway, she, she and my father, who was an entrepreneur, really instilled in me this notion that you should have no fear of failure. You should have fear of not trying. So I've lived by that my whole life. Like I've never been scared to try things. I've always been scared to not try. And my, my thought process around that is if you don't try, you've already failed. So what do you right. have to lose? So I really owe everything to my parents as trite and, and, you know, sort of soft as that may sound. I feel like we all kind of do realistically, but um, my parents in particular literally were like, why can't you do that? Sure. Like give it, a, you know, give it a go. They, they, they probably would have preferred I'd become a, a doctor, but um, I think they, uh, you know, generally they enabled me through this very positive way of thinking Love that, it. that I could try things and do things and, I, I hope for everyone that you go for stuff that you don't you don't let your own fear or any element of, of indecision really get in the way of you chasing something. It sounds again very trite because you're Not talking to all. a guy you who's been around a, a bunch of things. But but again, that's why I have to highlight there are valleys and there are peaks, and it's very hard. No one has a straight shot, you know, to like, woo, we just did it. We had an idea. We raised all this money and we yeah. went. We gone and we got acquired. It's great. I'm now rich. You know, it's like it's not about that. No. Um, it's never been about that for me. And most of the people that I know who have had some really magical, successful entrepreneurial moments in their life, it doesn't come from the capital table. It comes from, again, this very pure place where they're driven by something that's inspiring and inspired and real. And I think you got to figure out what that real thing is for you yeah. and that keeps you up and that you can't stop thinking about and just go for it, right? Yeah. The, the, the world needs better, better ideas. Yeah. Well executed. Well right. executed. Yeah, I That's love it. that. I love that. And hopefully people listening, yeah, they're thinking, I, oh, I have this idea. I should, should I, shouldn't I? They should go for it. They should try. It's go for it. Go for it. Why not? You know, yeah. I mean, it's a great time to be an entrepreneur. Challenge ends up driving much more innovation and I think we're living in certainly in unique times. And anytime there's a challenge, there's a yeah. unique set of windows that open and opportunities that become available. And if you don't go for it now, like, why not? Like, why, why wouldn't you? Or someone else will, and you'll be walking down the aisles or looking on the, on the internet and saying, that That's was right. my idea. That was my idea. That's right. Don't, don't let that you happen. You will have regret. Jeff Bezos has said the only thing he's scared of are two people in a garage with an idea. That's amazing. So, yeah. Um, it's really true. Like there's nothing getting in the way of someone starting something now. Right. You can start it in your bedroom, start it yeah. in your dorm room. It just, yeah. it's, it's just a, it's a democracy of creativity right now. Right. Yeah. So if yeah. you, Love it. if you have an idea, you're already ahead of, of the game. Love it. <laughs> So, Love it. Yeah, well, Craig, it. thank you so much. Thank you for being a partner. I know we've built the Hello Community. Thank you for listening over the years and being a friend. And thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. I love this. And thank I know you the so much for having too. me. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Craig. That was seriously so fun. And of course, love your lessons, your recommendations, your inspiration, and of course, all the energy you bring, especially so early in the morning. But to hear more stories and lessons from Happy Marketers, be sure to subscribe to the Happy Marketer Connection podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. To learn more about community building, 
Our Vesta solutions deliver community-powered marketing to elevate your digital presence, deliver predictive insights, and transform your consumers into lasting brand advocates. You can build relations that create forever loyalty. And I welcome you to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter at Sue Freck or to find us at Vesta-Go.com. Thank you.